I, I, the Lord put something on my heart that I had written down months ago. Thought that I don't know you've ever thought about, and I want to challenge you all with something. I didn't have a clue who would be here and who would not. So then I've got to believe that the Lord would want to encourage us with this word this afternoon. Now we would say amen to God. So we want to receive the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 22. And um, I just want to read two passages of scripture in Acts that I, I'm going to guess you probably haven't thought a lot about because it's something that I had not really ever put much thought to and the Lord just illuminated something to me and I want to share it with you. With Acts chapter 22 and verse 18. Um, at the end of the 21st chapter, the 40th verse, and I'm going to try to keep this to about 15 minutes and that's going to be difficult for me. But I only have that much water, so that's going to shorten the message. Uh, Paul is delivering his testimony to of his conversion. And the 40th verse of the, of the last preceding chapter says that he is speaking in Hebrew, meaning he is talking to the Jews concerning this. And I want to pick up in the 18th verse. Normally we'd have it on the board, but being that nobody's sitting up here, you can just kind of have to trust me or read it in your Bible. And, uh, and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive the testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the, uh, the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death. And kept the raiment of, him, of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word, meaning the Jews, unto this word. And then they lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out, they cast off their clothes and they threw dust into the air. There's another passage I'm going I'm to jump to here in just a second. And I want you to go ahead and flip to the 28th chapter of Acts. But in Acts 22, Paul is sharing his, his conversion testimony, how he's commissioned uh, of the Lord uh, now, but previously he was commissioned by the high priest. He was commissioned by the leaders of Israel to go out and to persecute the church. He is talking about Jesus. He talks about how the Lord says, you're chastising me. You're coming against me. And the Jews are all sitting here and listening. The message is clear. He is talking about his salvation and his conversion into the faith of Christ. And all of the Jews are sitting in there listening and everything is going fine. Until just one word. And that word was very clear. When Paul says that God has sent me to preach salvation unto the Gentiles, all of a sudden there's a problem. The problem Believe it or not, within the book of Acts, and I don't have time to cover all of this, but just quickly, you can go home and begin to look at this. The problem within the book of Acts is not always with Jesus. They received, many of them, many of the Jews received Jesus. The issue became when he wasn't just there, Jesus. This became the issue. So they said, this man's not worthy to live. We need to kill him. They throw dust in the air. They rip their clothes. They say, we've got to get rid of this guy. What is his offense? He's not talking too much about sin. He's not talking too much about Jesus, in fact. But what he's talking about is a Jesus that goes outside of the camp that they're in. Acts chapter 28 and verse 23. And I'm going to read a little section here because I want to get the whole of what's going on. 
23 down to the end of the chapter. And when they had appointed him a day, there came unto him, unto his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. Who is he talking to? The Jews. From morning until evening. Now you all started out the morning and we're into the afternoon. And you're going to go back and you have a brother. You're going to preach again tonight. So we'll wear out your, uh, your crowd for you. From morning until evening, the Jews are sitting. I want you to get this picture because it's vivid. They are sitting and they are listening to Paul talk from the beginning of, of the law of Moses all the way through the prophets. All day long, he's been talking to them about Jesus. You got the picture? And some believed the things which he had spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Look at your neighbor and just say one word. When he had spoken one word. This is the word. This is what Paul said. They've been there all day long, and they've been good. But he said one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by the... By Isaiah the prophet unto the fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they have closed, lest they should hear or should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed. Not just the ones who didn't believe, but also the ones who did believe. They all got up and walked out. Because Paul dared say that God was going to the Jews. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. And listen to what he was preaching. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which were concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. With all confidence, no man forbidding him. This thought. Give me five minutes and I'm going to give you something to think about. Everybody is okay with Jesus. We love our Jesus. We talk about our Jesus. We sing about our Jesus. We preach about our Jesus. But if someone dares mention that he may not be our Jesus, y'all going to offend everybody. There's room for everybody to get offended here. I think I can offend every one of you in the next five minutes. You ready? <laughs> Let me see if I can get the newspaper up a little closer to the door. You see, the Baptists think that their Jesus is the only Jesus. They have the right doctrine. They have the right methods. And if you dare say that Jesus is also moving in a church that is Pentecostal, you know, a lot of people get right up and walk out the door. Oh, but there's room for the Pentecostals. We think we have it all nailed down. The correct belief about tongues and gifts and signs and wonders and Holy Spirit baptism. And the fur is going to fly 
why, if you suggest that the same Spirit of God that is working in our hearts is working in the hearts of the Baptists who do not believe the same way. And have all kinds of problems. Shout now. Let's go a little further. Got the Trinitarians. Believe that God is three persons and have put in hell anyone who dares believe that he is not. I didn't figure I'd get a lot of shouts on that. But let's not leave out the apostolics who have the baptismal formula and have disqualified anyone who is not baptized in the name that they profess. And then we have what I grew up in. The holiness movement. My grandfather was an old-fashioned holiness preacher. The same as, I'm sure all of you, I don't know what it's like out here, but what it was like in California. All of the things, and you've got the holiness movement, but the holiness churches have become so rigid that even within their, their own groups cannot fellowship because I've got a beard or wear a tie or a ring, and we can't get over it because our Jesus doesn't allow it. And then you've got the non-holiness group. I don't know what they are. The community church is what we call them in California. I don't know what that means out here. And all they want to talk about is grace. All they want to speak of is grace. And that you must love unconditionally. But if you're in that movement, let me tell you, the only people you do not have to love unconditionally. The holiness people. No, that's it. I have discovered, I have close family that believe in this unconditional love gospel thing that goes on. And I've discovered that they love everybody but me. I'm required to love unconditionally, but they don't love unconditionally. And what we have is that every group is talking about Jesus. But let me ask you this question. If the Jews listening to Paul and believed what he was saying, get up and leave when he says it's also for somebody that they don't agree with, are they really a part of the kingdom? Or are they a part of the problem? I think this is the question. I really believe in, and Dad and I, I mean, this is what... We're trying to move in this direction. I really believe that the end times are upon us. I don't know. I'm not a big eschatologist. But I believe that it is closing in. I think we're going to destroy ourselves if the Lord doesn't return. And what we need now more than ever is that we can fellowship the differences we have. And I'm not talking about ecumenical. I'm not trying to convert people and get them to come to our church. What we need is a revelation of Christ in every one of our churches. That we can fellowship on His name above and beyond the differences that we may have. Every denomination and every group. I want to read one last scripture because you all know it. And man, it just, it just blew, blew up in my mind when I was thinking about this. Every single denomination and every group will read to you and quote to you salvation through uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. We all know it. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, right? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But the heart of God in this matter is spelled out in the next 
two verses. The problem is every denomination quotes those two verses. But read the next two verses. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that calls upon his name. And I'm saying that to tell you this. That in the kingdom of God, I am 100% confident of this. There is no Baptist. There is no Pentecostal. There is no Trinitarian. There is no Apostolic. There is no holiness. There is no liberal. There is one kingdom, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. We cannot be sectarian in this. Now listen, I'm not attacking what we all believe individually. Believe it. Live it. But if we cannot reach out and believe that God is speaking to the Gentiles, we've got the wrong gospel. That's what I'm saying. If we can't believe that God can extend, let's just talk about our little church. If God can't go beyond what we preach here about echoes of Calvary and what we believe, of course we believe things. Of course every church, and uh, Brother Dinton's church and Brother Pepper's church, you're going to have the things that you hold near and dear. I'm not talking about sacrificing those things. We stand on what we believe. We stand on the convictions that we have. But the scripture would implicitly instruct us that we need to be able to reach out and extend a hand of fellowship and say, brother, sister, we are of a common faith, of a common Lord, and we must believe that salvation extends beyond our walls. If we do not, then I do not believe we are part of the kingdom. I say this in part because so many times through the years, and we've experienced it here even too, that there just seems to be walls in between so many churches. There seems to be so much that's standing in the way of what God would want to do. But the truth is, not any one group holds all of it. But there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers in all kinds of different places that are there for the edifying of the whole body of Christ. When I was thinking about this, and I'm finishing, but I wasn't born... Again, because of my goodness. Not a one of us is standing here. Born again, saved, renewed, whatever the term you want to use. Not one of us is standing here because of our goodness. But we also don't stay in it because of our goodness. You don't stay right and holy and separate because of your work. You stay that way because the Spirit of God makes you that way. I can't do that on my own. And so if I understand that, if I can understand this, this very simple thing, that if I didn't get myself in this thing, and I'm not keeping myself in this thing, then I've got to be able to understand that He can keep you the same one who's keeping me. He's faithful to complete the good work He has begun in us. So I'm not advocating ecumenicalism. But I will ask this question. Does what I prevent, does what I believe prevent fellowship within those that I might call Gentiles? I think it's something that needs to hit us right between the eyes. 
I know I'm guilty of this. I know I've been guilty of this because I'm confident. How many would say I'm confident in what I believe in? Y'all should raise your hand or you're, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> We're confident in what we believe in. So therefore, I, I, I'll share this really quickly. One time Carrie and I got into a little spat. I know you can't believe that. We got into a little spat and uh, I was aggravated. And, uh, and I was, I just went out, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm walking down the, uh, the road and the Lord put in my heart. You always think you're right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> Any other man ever? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because if I thought it was wrong, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm not talking about living out of conviction. We absolutely should do that. But I just believe that there's so much more. I believe that God wants. I'm so thankful. I believe this is the first of much more of this. That holiness house of prayer or house of prayer holiness. I don't know if I get that right. <laughs> Calvary Lighthouse Church. Echoes of Calvary. I don't know if there's, I don't think there's any other churches here today. We should be able to find that common faith in Christ. And encourage one another. We are up against it in this time. We stand alone every day. Let's not stand alone when we've got brothers and sisters who are there to uplift us and encourage us and strengthen us. This is what the Lord wants for our churches. Amen? Amen. Pastor, why don't you close this out?